I said, I said, who's glad to be at church today? We're enjoying the presence of God here. We're going to get into part two of our series that we call Missing Christmas in just a moment. But I want to just tell you about a few things. Late Christmas party. Uh, we're excited about that. I won't be there, obviously. But all the ladies are excited about that. Uh, we want to let you know that as a part of that, if you want to bring up to a $10 gift, we don't want you to go broke trying to buy a, a present for the, the ladies' Christmas party. But there's going to be a game they're going to be doing. So if you want to buy up somewhere around a $10 gift and bring it on that night on December the 20th, you can do that. And I want to uh, let you know just some information. This coming Saturday is Spirit of Giving, and you've heard us talking about this for, the, for about the last six months, really. But here the last couple of months, we've talked about it a lot more. And I just wanted to give you the basic information. As you know, we talked about some of the items that we still need in preparation for that. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, you can come see me after the ex experience today, and we can get you the details of that and how you can be a part of making that happen. We set a goal to uh, to fill 200 grocery bags full of groceries so that we can give those away to 200 different families at Spirit of Giving, along with some other things that we're going to be giving away while we're there. But that was the big thing that we were going to do. And I wanted to give you information, uh, just in case you haven't caught it on the website or you haven't picked it up you know, on the app or on the announcements or anything like that, uh, just some information about the event. It is this Saturday at the at the courthouse parking lot. Everybody knows where the courthouse parking lot is. Now, maybe you're asking, who can come to this event? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Every one of you can come to this event. We What we'll do is we get there at 9 a.m., and there are tons of churches, tons of organizations everywhere, and everybody's setting up their, their tents and canopies and all the items that they're going to give away, and it's a day where we're just giving away everything. There are people giving away pillows, giving away bicycles to kids, giving away food, giving away coats. Get, I mean, it, it, you, you name it, and it's probably going to be there, and somebody's going to be giving it away. So we'll meet there at 9 a.m., and we'll get set up. It usually takes about an hour, hour and a half to get set up. Then everybody gathers together and pray, and then they open the event uh, to the community, and people start coming through, and basically they're shopping with tickets, but it's all free, and you'll get you know a better understanding of that when you get there on Saturday. But we just want, want you to, to know that you can be a part of this event, and if you're wondering why you should come, the first year that we did this event, I had never heard about it. Uh, we met the guy that's over it, and he started telling us about this event, and we were a part of it that before we ever even started the church. That there was no church yet, and we were we were at this event, and it was the I'm I'm telling you, you have not you have not experienced anything like what you will experience if you show up on Saturday morning to be a part of this event. Just people giving away and, and the conversations and the community that happens and the excitement as you see kids getting bicycles and all of this stuff that's going on while you're there. It usually lasts until about 1, 1.30. It doesn't last too long. Uh, and then, you know, we usually leave and go grab lunch or something like that. But I'm telling you, if you're wondering why you should come, I believe it's a once-in-a-lifetime it, it, once experience. It's, it's pretty incredible what you'll witness and what you'll see and the joy how many of you know that a lot of times you get the most joy out of when you're giving? When you're serving and you're giving to people and you're here, I'm not here for me, I'm here for you today. And that's where you get the most fulfillment and the most joy in your life. And that's what you'll get if you show up this Saturday. And so we want you to be a part of that and to know all about that. So 9 a.m. this coming Saturday, the 16th, at the courthouse parking lot. Uh, be there. We'd love to have you there. 
Last weekend, we entered into the Christmas season as a church, and we began this series called Missing Christmas, and we talked about how we can uncomplicate Christmas. How many of you have uncomplicated Christmas? My wife, nobody got anything to uncomplicate. That's all right. You're waiting for next year. My, my wife and I, we've already been having conversations of like right now, things that we can do next year that will uncomplicate this season because it gets complicated. And we talked about this last week where you have this place to go and this to buy and you're getting from people that you don't even know and, and all of this stuff that complicates it. And we asked ourselves some questions or we gave you some questions to ask yourself that could help you uncomplicate Christmas because it's so complicated and distracting sometimes. And today, as we continue our series, I want to talk to you on this topic, and I need you to help me out. I need you to look to your neighbor because everybody looks like they're about half asleep. I need you to look to your neighbor, and I need you to poke them in the arm. Come on, everybody, look to the person to your right or left. Poke them in the arm and tell them, I want you to announce the title of my message today. Tell them as you poke them in the arm, say, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. And if you feel like you want to turn to the other person that you didn't choose to turn to and tell them you can do that. But I want to talk to you on the subject, it is a wrap. It's a wrap. And this past week I was thinking about and remembering people that I've known in my life. Come on, and you, you do this sometimes too, and maybe you have these people in your life right now. That everything, they had a tendency to always prioritize themselves over everybody else. You ever known somebody like that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> they had a tendency, and I was thinking back, there are people that I have known over the years that have had a tendency to prioritize themselves, themselves over everybody else around them. Everything always seemed to be their way. Have you ever known somebody like that? It's like, no matter what we do, we always do it your way. <laughs> I don't know how you pull this off all the time, but we always do it your way. <laughs> And you know, come on, and some of you, maybe you, you might even be that person. And the person sitting beside you right now is thinking, yeah, every time we, every time we get together, we always go eat where they want to eat. And we always buy. It's always their way. Maybe you've been that person or you know that person. I can even think of moments and seasons in my life when I've been holding back. You ever been holding back from somebody or holding back in an area of your life or even holding back from God? in an area of your life. I've been more concerned about my own plan and my own agenda that I've missed God's plan for my life sometimes or maybe some area of my life that I didn't want to totally give to Jesus because of selfishness. Come on, you know, it's like, God, I give you all of me except that. <laughs> I give you all of me except that habit because I like that. I give you all of me except I really don't. There's really not anything. And then we start trying to justify it. Well, there's really not anything wrong with it. When if you're feeling in your heart like it's something you should change, it's probably the Holy Spirit telling you and impressing on you to change it. But a lot of times we justify it, and God, I give you every, I give you all of me except that. Come on, I've been there. I've been there, and I would be willing to bet you've been there too. Have you ever had those conversations with yourself? Well, I should probably do this, but this is really what I want. I should probably be doing this, but this over here is what I actually want. I know that this is, the, this is the place I should be standing, this is what I should be doing, this is how I should be living, but what is over here is what I 
want. You ever had that conversation with yourself? And I don't know if you like holiday movies or not. Does anybody like holiday movies? Right now, you can find them on every channel. You know, well, it used to be ABC Family, and now it's Freeform. I don't know what happened with that. But they have 25 days of Christmas, and there's Christmas movies on all the time. But here's the, here's the thing that I've discovered in a lot of these romantic Christmas movies is they all tend to follow the same storyline for the most part. And usually one guy has a relationship with a girl, but some other guy comes in and swoops her off her feet because the other guy is too preoccupied with himself. Come on, you've seen this movie 13 times, and it's always titled something different. <laughs> There's a guy who has a relationship, and you know immediately when the movie starts, I know where this is going because here's a couple, and they move somewhere or they go somewhere, and here's another person that enters the scene. You're like, I know what's going to happen. And usually it's because usually it's because the guy is consumed with himself or he's consumed with his career, you know, consumed with something, and she wants something different. You know, this is this is like every holiday movie to a T, right? And I don't know if you like that thing or not, but I came across this article from this was from three years ago. Now I would venture to say that this is probably a higher number now in 2017 than it was in 2014, but this is, and I want to show you this on the screen, this is what I found that was interesting. It says 77% of shoppers during the holiday season bought an average of $126 in gifts for themselves. You ever, <laughs> you ever, been, you ever been Christmas shopping and you just thought, you know what, I just like myself enough, I've been good this year, and I just feel like I'm going to spend $126 on presents for me and I'm going to wrap them and put them under the tree. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And I, I would venture to say I found that very interesting. I would say that it's probably worse now than it was in 2014. 77% of people that were Christmas shopping while they were Christmas shopping for other people bought $126 in presents for themselves while they were out Christmas shopping. You just couldn't live without the shirt, couldn't live without the jeans. They're on sale right now. It's Black Friday, and I'm really shopping for everybody else, but I'm going to get me something too, right? We, we do this all the time, and this topic, as I was preparing for this, it made me think about another character from the Christmas story. And today I want to read you 23 verses, and I know what you're thinking, 23 verses. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're at church, so we're going to read 23 verses in the Bible. This is what uh, this is what Matthew wrote at a certain part of the Christmas story, his account of everything. It's Matthew chapter 2. I want to start in verse 1. It says, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time when Herod was king. After Jesus was born, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked people, where is the child who has been born to be the king of the Jews? We saw the star that shows he was born. We saw it rise in the sky in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, it upset him as well as everyone else in Jerusalem. Herod called a meeting of all the leading Jewish priests and teachers of the law. He asked them where the Messiah would be born. They answered, in the town of Bethlehem in Judea, just as the prophet wrote, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you are important among the rulers of Judah. Yes, a ruler will come from you and that ruler will lead Israel, my people. Then Herod had a private meeting with the wise men from the east because, I want to stop here for a second. He had a private meeting with the wise men who were looking for Jesus. And here's what the enemy will do. 
the enemy will get you alone when he wants to try to talk you into something. He didn't, he didn't get all of them together with everybody around and, well, let's talk about where Jesus is and where you're going and let's find. Because that's not how the enemy works. King Herod had a private meeting with the wise men. They, they have something that I want and I want something from them. And so I'm going to get them alone and have a private meeting and we're going to talk about how I can get what I want. He learned from them the exact time they first saw the star. Then he sent them to Bethlehem. He said, go and look carefully for the child. When you find him, come tell me. Then I can go worship him too. And this is what, this is what the enemy will do. He'll try to make you think that he's pushing you into something that is better for you. Well, just go, go, find, go find Jesus. Go find baby Jesus. And when you, when you find him, just come back and tell me because I want to go worship him too. I want you to do something for me, and I really have a hidden motive behind what I'm wanting and what I'm asking and what I'm pushing you to do, but I'm going to get you alone, and I'm going to push you into something that you may not necessarily want to do, and I'm going to try to convince you that it's in your best interest to do what I'm telling you to do. Are you with me? Verse 9, after the wise men heard the king, they left. They saw the same star they had seen in the east, and they followed it. The star went before them until it stopped above the place where the child was. They were very happy and excited to see the star. The wise men came to the house where the child was with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened the boxes of gifts they had brought for him. They gave him treasures of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But God warned the wise men in a dream not to go back to Herod. Isn't it, isn't it good to know that even when the enemy tries to outsmart you and tries to convince you to do something, that God will always find a way for you to outsmart the enemy. <laughs> he'll always come to you, and he'll always, he, there's always a way out of what the enemy's tempting you to do. There's always a way that God will provide so that you can outsmart the enemy, and he won't even know what's coming. So they went home to their own country a different way. After the wise men left, an angel from the Lord came to Joseph in a dream. The angel said, get up, take the child with his mother, and escape to Egypt. Herod wants to kill the child and will soon start looking for him. Stay in Egypt until I tell you to come back. So Joseph got ready and left for Egypt with the child and the mother. They left during the night. Joseph stayed in Egypt until Herod died. This gave full meaning to what the Lord said through the prophet, I called my son to come out of Egypt. Herod saw that the wise men had fooled him, and he was very angry. So he gave an order to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem and the whole area around Bethlehem. Herod had learned from the wise men the time the baby was born. It was now two years from that time. So he said to kill all the boys who were two years old and younger. This gave full meaning to what God said through the prophet Jeremiah. A sound was heard in Ramah, bitter crying and great sadness. Rachel cries for her children and she cannot be comforted because her children are gone. While Joseph was in Egypt, Herod died. An angel from the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child with his mother, and go to Israel. Those who were trying to kill the child are now dead. So Joseph took the child and the mother and went to Israel. But, the, but he heard that Archelaus was now king of Judea. Archelaus became king when his father Herod died, so Joseph was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he went away to the area of Galilee. He went to a town called Nazareth and lived there. This gave full meaning to what God said through the prophets. God said the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. 
There's a lot going on in what we just read. A lot of prophecy that has been fulfilled because this happened and it led them to Egypt and then it led them to Nazareth and all of this prophecy that, that is being fulfilled and they don't even know that it's being fulfilled at the time. But isn't it interesting how God always has a way of getting you where you need to be when you need to be where you need to be. When, when Herod is sending all the soldiers out to go kill all the baby boys that are two years old and younger, God speaks to Joseph in a dream, this is where you need to go and this is the time you need to do it. And he's right where he needs to be when he needs to be. As he's heading back, he, he speaks to him again. You don't need to go back because it's now Herod's son who's ruling the area. And so you need to go to Nazareth, which is actually going to fulfill what I said was going to happen from the very beginning. And now Jesus is right where he needs to be, when he needs to be, where he needs to be. Are you following me? And what we see here is we see in this story, we see a story of Joseph's obedience. And we see a story of God's protection and provision. But what I want to talk about for just a moment is King Herod. For just a moment, we're going to talk about King Herod because here's a man who was so wrapped up in himself that he tries to trick the wise men into giving up Jesus' location. He's so consumed with himself that he's willing to send people out to kill every baby boy, every kid in that area who was a male, two years old, and younger. This is how consumed and how selfish this guy was. That he was so threatened, he was so insecure in who he was, that when people started talking about Jesus being born and the Messiah being born, well, we need to take care of that right now, so let's do, I'm so consumed with me that I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that I get what I want. No matter what it takes, no matter what it costs, I'm going to get what I want. And because he was so consumed with himself, he ended up missing out on the miracle of that first Christmas. Now, I want to give you an example of what this looks like today in 2017. Mike, would you come up and help me? Come on, can we can we clap our hands for Mike? He didn't know this was coming. <clears throat> you got to pick good volunteers, man, cuz it makes it makes it that much better, all right? I just need you to here. Yeah, you just just stand right there. All right. Everybody can pretty much see you. I've got to get my I have to get my props here. Come on, we've been doing this a lot at our house. <laughs> I say we my wife's been doing it, and I put, like, the tape on there and write the name. <laughs> That's my contribution. <laughs> so so here's, what, here's what this looks like a lot in our lives, okay? We're, we're going through life. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, well, I hope he doesn't, like, swing that and hit somebody. We're going through life, and just like King Herod, a lot of times we're willing to do whatever we need to do to get whatever it is that we want because we want what we want when we want it, right? So, so here's what we'll do a lot of times. So I really want, I really want that new house or that new car, and I really can't afford it. We're going to stop right there for just a minute. You hold that for me. Dude, you're an awesome helper. And I really can't. I, <laughs> it's like you're wearing a Christmas dress, brother. And I really can't. <laughs> I really want the car. 
or I really want the house, I really want the new thing. And I really can't, like, I know it's not really in the budget. <laughs> it's not really, like, it doesn't really fit. I don't know, but I want it so bad that we'll just figure out, let's just, we'll just figure out how we can make it work later. We're just going to figure out how we can, how we can make it work later, right? Hopefully that stays. All right. So, and because what we do is we want it so bad, and we go ahead and get it, and now even if you wanted to be generous, you don't have the option to be generous. You don't have the option to give anything to anybody else. You don't have the option to buy anything else for anybody else. And even when you want to be, I want to be, see, I don't think the problem is that we, I don't think the problem is that we don't want to be generous. I think we just can't be because we've done this. I really wanted it, and I wanted it now, and I, I heard somebody say this one time, that there was this great thing that they came out with around Christmas. They used to do it all the time, and it was this Greek word called layaway, layaway, layaway. <laughs> but, but so many times we want it, we, we want it right now, and even if we want to be generous, now my money's all tied up, so I can't give. I can't bless you. I'm walking through the store and I feel like I'm supposed to help you out, but I can't because I, my money's so tight because of the decisions that I've made. Or we, or we do this. I know, I know I really shouldn't be talking about them. I really shouldn't be gossiping because I know that it's, you know, it's not, it's kind of wrong. And I know it doesn't benefit anybody, but the story's just so good that I've just got to go ahead and say it. I can't go to work and not tell this story about this person. Even though I know that this is going to hurt that person or this is going to make that person look bad, but I just, oh, I just can't stand it. You know what I'm talking about? You just can't, the story is so good. And you just can't stand it. And so we go ahead and we tell the story. And a lot of times, maybe God had put that person in your life or in your path as a person that you could reach but by doing what you just did, you've killed your witness with the person that God put in your life to reach for him because you just, you, you, you just had to tell the story. You just had to talk. Well, they were, already, they were already bringing it up. They were already talking about them. So I just kind of you know added in the little bit that I know about them, and, I, and I've, I've, I've wrapped myself up. Well, I know I, I probably shouldn't be, I know I shouldn't be flirting with my coworker. This is going above your face, too. I know, I know I shouldn't be alone with them, and I really shouldn't be flirting, but it's really just innocent, and it's kind of fun, and I kind of like it, if I'm being honest. And because I'm doing that, I'm going to put that in your hand. And because, I'm, because I've made the decision to go ahead and justify what I'm doing, because it's fun, it's harmless, there's not, you know, nobody's getting hurt, nobody, nothing's going on, it's just innocent flirting. Little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit, the intimacy in your marriage is dying. 
Are you with me? It's, it's, but it's, but it's what I want. This is what I want. But because I, because I made the decision to do that, now I'm wondering why my marriage isn't, isn't all that good and it's not as good as it used to be and we just don't feel connected. There's not really any intimacy in our relationship anymore because of our own desires. Well, I know I should be content. Come on, somebody. I should be content. I know I should be content with what I have and what God has blessed me with. But my neighbors have more. Rug it up. We're going to wrap it up snug. <laughs> I, I know I should be content with what God has given me because there's a reason why I have what I have, when I have it, and where I'm at, why I'm there, all those things. And I should, I should just be thanking God that he's blessed me and that I am where I am. But, but I see my, my coworker or I see my, my sibling or I see my, my cousin or our friends that we hang out with, and they have a little bit more. And so I really feel like, honey, we need a little bit more. Like, let's go, let's, let's go get the new thing. <laughs> let's go get a new house. Let's go get uh, a new car. Let's go, get, uh, let's go buy a few more presents. You know, we went to their house for their Christmas party, and they had a bunch of presents under the tree. And our kids only had like three or four. And so let's go buy some more stuff because I need to keep up with everything that they're doing rather than being content with what God has given me. Someone came to our house and made me think about this story, and they are in the room, and so they'll know when I say this. Somebody came to our house, and, and they said, we, we had put Christmas lights up on the house, and then when we came back from our Thanksgiving trip, our neighbors across the street had put Christmas lights up, and they had some things in their yard, you know, that light up and everything, and uh, they said, you know what, they were joking. But they came in and they said, man, your neighbor's outdoing you on the, on the Christmas stuff. <laughs> and we had our, you know, they, we hung out for a little bit or whatever. And then when they were leaving, I said, you need to come back next week because I'm going to have one more thing in my yard than what they do in their yard. <laughs> because it's all about keeping up. <laughs> when people drive past here, I want my yard to look better than their yard. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to have more reindeer in their yard than I do. <laughs> And instead of being content with what I have, I want a little bit more and a little bit more. And here's the thing about getting a little bit more. You're never satisfied with a little bit more, are you? You get a little bit more, and okay, oh, man, if we just had a little bit more money, if I just had a little different job, if we just had, oh, we just need, the, we need a car that's about three years newer, you know. And then once you get that, you want something else immediately because it's, 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 a, it's an appetite for more. I just need a little bit more, a little bit more, and instead of being content with what God has given me, I've decided to just get whatever I want. I'm going to keep up with everybody else and get whatever I want. And a lot of times, because we're trying so hard, I promise you're going to get unwrapped here in just a minute, all right? <clears throat> you, just, you just hang in there. And because we're trying so hard to keep up with everybody else and have the best, a lot of times we neglect the people that we love 
Because how many of you know when it comes down to it, your spouse does not really care if you got one more thing in the yard for Christmas to outdo your neighbor. And your kids don't really care if, if the house has lights all over the place and lights all over the outside of the house and, you know, you got the Santa out front that moves and all this stuff. When it, when it comes down to it, the people that you love really don't care as much about that stuff and a lot of times we neglect the people that we love because we're focused on what we need more of. Just a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. I'm just not content yet. Not content yet. Not content yet. Just a little bit more. Well, what if I had this? Well, I'm working toward that. I'm just trying to get ahead. And when we're more wrapped up in our own desires and wants, it makes us hard. It makes it hard for us to walk in God's desires for our lives. And to even see the things that he has blessed us with or wants to bless us with. Come on, there's stuff in your, there is stuff in your future right around the corner that God wants to give you. But because you're so wrapped up in everything that you want and your own desire, you cannot see what God is bringing into your life tomorrow and next week and a year from now. Because all I'm seeing is right now and I'm so wrapped up in stuff, I can't walk the way that God wants me to walk. I can't see what God wants me to see. And I can't receive what God wants to give me because there's no way for me to even put my hands out to take what God wants to give me. We, we, we wrap ourselves up in things that we think right now matter. And we can't walk the way that God wants us to walk and receive what he wants to give us because we are so wrapped up with ourselves. You can't do it. And then we start to ask questions like this. And come on, if you've been here, I've been here. If you've been here, you know I'm telling you the truth. Because when we get to this place right here where we can't walk in God's way and we can't see what God's doing and we can't see what God's blessed us with and we can't see what's coming in the future and we have no vision, we start to ask questions like this. Well, God, where are you? Can I tell you that God did not leave? You just wrapped yourself up. And now you're asking, well, God, where are you? Our finances are in a mess. God, where are you? You just wrapped yourself up. Well, I don't know, like, uh, we used to have a really good relationship, and now it's not what it used to be, and I feel like we're drifting apart. Can I just tell you what I think has happened? You've just wrapped yourself up. You can't see, that's right. <laughs> you can't see the blessing that is already in your life because you are all wrapped up. Well, why is our city the way that it is? Why don't my kids want to hang out with me? Come on, we're just being real. We start asking questions like this. Why, why are my spouse and I always arguing? Why am I struggling financially? Why do I have so much but feel so alone? You ever been there? I feel like I have all this stuff and I've gotten more and more and more and more and more. But I feel more alone now than I've ever felt. <laughs> we don't have a good marriage. My kids don't even like me. I'm aggravated all the time stressed out because money's tight and all I've done is just wrap myself up. I just made one one decision 
after another decision, after another decision, and now I'm in a place where I can't walk and I can't talk and I can't receive what God has for me and I can't see what God has already put in my life because I'm all wrapped up. It's because we're so wrapped up in everything that we want and that we desire that we're missing out on the life that God has given us that is right under our noses. And when God desires for us to walk, come on, I believe this. When God desires for us to walk in freedom and peace, we're not walking in freedom and peace because we're so wrapped up. I don't have any peace because my money's stretched so thin. I can't give when I want to give, and I can't bless when I want to bless, and I can't do this when I want to do this, and we can't take our kids there because we made this decision and that decision and that decision. And I'm not telling you that you're a bad person for making those decisions. I'm just saying the reason might be why you're asking those questions is because if you were to take a step back and look at your life, maybe you've just wrapped yourself up in all these other things. We can say it like this. We miss out on God's best for our lives because we wrap ourselves up in everything else. And then we find ourselves living with these two words, debt and regret. We wrap ourselves up, and then we find ourselves all wrapped up with debt and regret. I don't know how we're going to pay that off now. I don't know how we're going to afford that now. We can't, we can't do what we want to with our money because, you know, we can't bless anybody with our money because we're all, we have all this debt. We're so wrapped up in debt, and I regret everything. You ever been shopping, and you were excited when you got it all? And then the next morning, you woke up, and you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> I don't even know how much money I just spent. And then you're, you know, online banking, and you're checking it all out. It's like, I don't even know what just happened. What can I take back? Do we have, do we keep the receipts? You know what? We're living with <laughs> Because we wrap ourselves up, we're living with debt and regret. But here's the good news. <laughs> if we'll begin to live our lives with contentment, you know what? I'm going to be content with what God has given me and where I'm at right now. And with the family that he has entrusted to me, he can breathe now. <clears throat> I'm going to be content with what God has given me, and we unwrap ourselves a little bit. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in my marriage. It's not where I want it to be, so I'm going to invest in my marriage, and we unwrap ourselves a little bit. If we'll live within our means, we unwrap ourselves a little bit. If we'll begin to put others before ourselves, we unwrap ourselves a little bit more. Isn't this what Jesus did? You can have a seat. Come on, let's give him a hand. He hung in there. <clears throat> Isn't this even what Jesus did, putting others before yourself? Isn't this what he was communicating to everybody? <laughs> that I came to put you above. The reason I'm here is for you, not for me. The reason I'm here is to die for you. Not for what I can get out of this. I'm here for you. The relationship's broken. I'm here to fix it. Jesus came and he put everybody else above and ahead of himself. And when we unwrap, when we, when we begin to live with contentment and live within our means and start getting out of debt, 
we start, we start being able to enjoy life. You start feeling a little bit of relief. Now you're enjoying your family. <laughs> when you take a trip somewhere, you're not so uptight because we can only put, you know, $23 of gas in the car because we got to wait until next payday because we strapped ourselves so thin. We're not living, we're not living all bound up in our own desire and what we did. When we start to shed that stuff off a little bit, we get a little bit of peace. We're able to enjoy life. We're enjoying our family. We're enjoying our, our marriage. We're enjoying our kids. We're enjoying what God has blessed us with. We're seeing God's plan for our life. I want to invite the worship team to, to come back up. I don't know about you. Now, I don't stand up here today with everything figured out in every one of these areas. But in this series, I felt like God was trying to speak to us through, through some stories in the Bible about the fact that not just, not just during Christmas, Christmas just kind of brings everything to a peak. We spend more at Christmas, we go more at Christmas, we do more at Christmas, we stress more at Christmas, we worry more at Christmas. So Christmas just kind of highlights everything. But what this is, is this is a lifestyle. And even during the year, this, this is something that you have to work on and you have to manage. You have to manage it. If you want to leave, I say you have to, you don't have to. But I believe that if you want to live with the peace that God intends for you to live with and in the freedom that God intends for you to live in and you want to be able to enjoy life and life to the fullest, we, we've got to remind ourselves that it's not about me. It's not about what I want. And sometimes yes is not the right answer. And I really believe, will you stand today? I really believe that if we will learn to live with contentment, come on, we, we talked last week about uncomplicating Christmas. How can we uncomplicate it? And a lot of times we don't stop long enough to, to recognize and identify what actually complicates Christmas. And we talked about that last week. We've got to pause and say, what is making me so stressed out and so worried and so anxious? And what is distracting me from being able to experience Christmas the way that it was intended to be experienced? And part of that is I think, I think there's some of us in here today, and I'm not telling you you can do all this at once because I don't know where you are. I don't know, I don't know how you live. I don't know where your life is at right now. I don't know how wrapped up you are or if you're completely free or, or where, where you are right now. But I think if we would just start with one thing and just take it one step at a time because if, if you try to just break out of everything all at once, I mean, it's, it's just going to get crazy in your life but if you'll just stop and say you know what here's the here's my biggest problem i just need to be content i just need to be content with what god you have given me everything that i have and i am so blessed and i heard a statistic one time that said if you have if you have a running car and a house to live in you're in like the top three percent of the wealthiest people in the world but we don't feel like we're the wealthiest people in the world because we've developed a mindset that says i need more I need better, I need better than you, I need more than you, 
I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And there's nothing wrong with wanting. There's nothing wrong with wanting. We're all in different stages of life. We all have different incomes. And there are people in this room that could afford way more than I can afford. But what is it? You've got you've to look at your own life and say, what is it that I have wrapped myself up in that I need to start unwrapping? I need to start unwrapping one layer at a time, I'm going to unwrap. I'm going to, you know what, today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to choose to be content today and I'm going to unwrap a little bit. Tomorrow when I get up, I'm going to, I'm going to do something, something just spontaneous for my spouse and I'm going to invest in my marriage a little bit and I'm going to unwrap a little bit. And eventually you'll get to the point to where now you can see what God sees and you'll be able to see what God has blessed you with and everything that you do have that God has given you when you begin to unwrap yourself. We just need to unwrap ourselves. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I just invite you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just invite you right now to just ask the Holy Spirit, how do I need to apply this message? I know you're speaking to me. What do I need to do? How do I need to apply this to my life? What is one step that I can take in unwrapping myself so that I can enjoy life, I can see the blessings that you have poured out on me, I can see what you have for me in the future? What is the, what is the first step that you need to take? I want to invite our prayer team to come down to the front. We want to, every, every weekend, most of the time, I like to open it up for people to receive prayer. And I don't know, it could be something that you know, you know what, I'm in this situation and I just want somebody to pray with me and believe with me and encourage me. I need to be, I need to, I need to figure out how to be content. I need to figure out how to invest in my relationship. I need to figure out how to uh, to get back, you know, in, in good standing with my kids. I need to figure out what God has for my life and how God intends for me to live my life, and that's what I want to do. Or maybe you're having, it could be anything in your life. It does not have to be anything that we talked about today. But we all need prayer from time to time. Everybody needs prayer. And so here in just a moment, we're going to sing one final worship song. And if you need prayer for anything in your life, I invite you to come down. Let us pray for you. Let us encourage you. Let us believe with you so that you're not walking through your situation alone. Amen? God, I thank you right now for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person who needs prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.